0: Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that he is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And I hope and pray that it's an encouragement to you. And so what we're going to talk about on this episode is just something from my heart again from 1 Peter chapter 4. And it's something that I've spoken to the youth group about uh, the past couple of weeks. And it's just a really convicting thought for the world that we're living in. So I'm going to title this episode, Arm Yourself. And so we'll look at First Peter chapter four and verses one through four, I believe. So first Peter chapter four says this For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, but to the lust of men, to the lust of men, but to the will of God, for for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revilings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you. And so Peter is just pulling from where he ended in, in chapter 3. And so if we can recall, recall our mind who Peter is writing to, he's writing to believers that are scattered about among the land and they're being persecuted heavily by Roman government, specifically Nero, who is on the throne in that day. And so these, these Christians, they're being persecuted heavily by the government. They're being mocked. They're literally having to run for their lives because Christians are being imprisoned. Christians are even being killed during this time. Nero has set the whole city of Rome on fire, he's blamed it on the Christians, and so all Rome hates Christians, Rome despised the name of Christ, and so anyone that publicly identified with Jesus during this time, some 2,000 years ago, literally had a target painted on their back. And so people were out to get them, people were out to kill them, and so Peter, when he writes the whole book of First Peter, he's writing to very weary and heavy-hearted believers because of what they're facing for the name and the sake of Christ. And so he writes to them some very tough truths, especially in chapter three, writes to them that you should not seek after rebellion. You should not seek after to speak evil of them, but instead you should love them and pray for them and just preach the gospel and do exactly what you're called to do. And so instead he says, you should change your thought, your thought process and begin to view all of these things that are happening in your life, even the suffering as good in your life. And so at first his readers were probably thinking thinking, what? What does Peter mean by this? But as Peter kept writing his epistle, I'm sure they begin to understand the point of suffering and the reason they're dealing with this persecution because he always pointed it back to Jesus, especially in chapter three. He makes the statement in verse 18, I believe it is. He says, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit. And so after he writes on the the believer, persecution and the believer's sufferings, he says, hey, take your mind back to the one that suffered the greatest deal of unjust. Look at the one that suffered so, he was beaten so badly, he was wronged so badly, but yet he still suffered. And why did he do it? For you and for me. And so he says, you're not the only one that suffered. He suffered for you, and so now you're having to, on a smaller scale, suffer for him. And so he's taught some very practical lessons that I believe are extremely beneficial to us as believers in the living in 2021 right now. But in this passage, I believe there are some extremely beneficial lessons for us in this episode. And so he speaks to them in the mindset of war in verse one of chapter four, basically preparing for a coming battle. And that is the way we will approach this podcast episode. And so imagine with me, you're in the army or the military and you're about to go to war. There will be some things that you must have first. You're going to need weapons, armor, the correct mindset to endure the war, the correct physical training. And so you need all these things. And so you could not just run out onto the battlefield unprepared because you know death could be and probably would be the outcome of someone unprepared. Uh, going into battle. And so you would want to prepare yourself to the best possible to be the best possible version of yourself so that you could be ready for war and combat when it does come. And Peter is writing to his believers that before they enter into persecution and before they go further into persecution, they need to arm themselves for the battle that's coming. And so there's a couple of things from these few verses we read that we should be applying to our lives every single day and that we should, as believers, arm ourselves with every single day so that we can handle persecution or even suffering if it comes to you and I in the future. The first thing Peter brings to our attention is we need to arm ourselves with a Christ-like mind. We need to arm ourselves with a Christ like mind. He writes in verse 1 For as much then as Christ hath suffered. So, again, going back to that theme of the one that suffered the greatest, which is Jesus. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he hath suffered in the flesh, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. So, he makes that statement. Arm yourselves with the same mind, the same mind that Christ had. So verse one starts off speaking of Christ and his mind during what he faced for us some 2000 years ago. And again, we don't have to go into great detail about exactly what Christ went through because we had an episode about that a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast, but we went into great detail in that episode of exactly what the crucifixion was and what it dealt with and how awful and excruciating the pain must have been as Jesus was approaching the cross. And So he's suffering more than we could ever physically and mentally imagine. The pain had to be unbearable, as we talked about in that episode. However, Christ, from the very beginning... Ephesians actually says that before the foundation of the world, Christ chose us. So Christ, at the very beginning, knew that he was going to have to come. He was going to have to suffer. He was going to have to die for the sins of mankind. That means before the world was ever spoken into existence, Christ knew that he would have to, what he would have to do in order for you and I to have a perfect and restored relationship with God. And so this verse starts off by saying, for as much, or that could say, therefore, meaning because Christ has suffered unjustly as the one who was completely just as the one who was completely righteous so therefore the one who suffered the worst because christ has therefore risen from the dead offering you and i the forgiveness of the sin uh, of sins he is the way for us to have that restored relationship with god because of what he went through so what was the mindset of christ like while he was enduring the cross what was his mind and so while he was on the cross while he was suffering so unjustly what was on his mind He knew that through all of the suffering and persecution, that victory was just on the other side of the cross. He knew that victory was just on the other side of the tomb that he was about to be placed in. And so he knew that what he was facing was for the greatest purpose for mankind, and that was to redeem you and I from our sins. And so Jesus willingly went to the cross and took all of that pain, all of that suffering, knowing that victory was coming. And so Peter says to the persecuted believer, have that same mindset. Arm yourself with that very mindset that when you face suffering, when you face persecution, maybe it's a loss of a loved one, maybe persecuted for being a believer at your work. Maybe you say it's just so tough to be able to, to witness for Jesus where I work. You don't understand. You don't know how they make fun of me. You don't know the things that they say to me, or you don't know what I have to deal with working for a boss that's not a believer. And so you might be facing different suffering and persecution than I am, but it's spoken about here in First Peter on the same level. And so Peter says to that persecuted believer, have the same mindset. And that mindset is victory. And so that thought, it can be very painful Though you might not like the circumstance that you're in, though you might not like the situation that you're having to deal with, you can claim today with great boldness, I know that at the end of my persecution, I know that at the end of this suffering, there's going to be great victory. Victory will come because I serve a Savior that has already proclaimed victory from a cross 2,000 years ago. And we looked uh, a couple episodes ago where Christ went uh, during his death and how he proclaimed the greatest victory to the demons that were uh, imprisoned there in hell, and he claimed victory. And so then Peter says, the flesh hath seized from sin, meaning Christ was mocked and beaten so badly because he was completely innocent. And here, this verse becomes rather convicting. Some of you might have sat through uh, different sermons and different podcasts and reading scripture regarding suffering and thought to yourself, I've never been persecuted like like Jesus has, or I've never been persecuted like the Romans has. So this, this passage really doesn't matter to me. And while some of you might have never been in a place to be persecuted for, we're lucky and we're blessed to live in America where we don't have to face true religious persecution like some do in third world countries or like they did during Peter's day 2000 years ago. But one day it might come. But however, a lot of you listening to this podcast have probably been in a situation where you could have been persecuted to some small degree, but never have. And so you might be saying, well, why? Why haven't I been persecuted? Well, Peter says he that has ceased to sin, meaning he never acted like those around him. And so you will find that in life, those that are truly persecuted for the gospel are the ones that with everything in them stand up for the sake of the gospel and for Jesus Christ. So my question for you today as a listener is, do you act too much like the world for the world to look at you And say, well, that person's not a Christian. No need to persecute them. No need to say anything. They're not a Christian. They don't live like one. Do you look too much like the world? Do you act too much like the world for the world to deem you not effective for the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so what has Peter's main theme been been throughout this whole book? We're to live like Jesus every single day of our life. We are to pattern our life, our thoughts our actions after the life of Jesus. And so, as we are saved, we are to day by day, day by day begin putting off sin and putting on holiness and i'm afraid that too many christians teenagers and adults alike never face opposition from people or even the devil because they're too busy trying to fit in with the world and not arming themselves for battle with the mindset of jesus christ so today if you are being persecuted for righteousness sake the bible says happy are ye you should be happy but to arm yourself for what's coming Have the mind of Jesus that, man, this suffering, this sickness, this persecution, this thing I'm going through, it's so difficult. It hurts. I hate it. I don't like being here. But remember Jesus, that while he was going through the worst event in history uh, that regards suffering and persecution and beating and mocking and everything that goes along with that, he had the mindset that through what I'm dealing with, victory is. Is just on the other side. That should be your mindset. So number one, arm yourself with a Christ-like mind. Number two, arm yourself with the will of God. And so after Peter writes verse one, he says in verse two that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. So now, Paul speaks, or Peter speaks rather, that our life should be lived in line with the perfect will of God for our lives. So, Peter says that all sin is disobedience to the will of God. Every lie, every act of rebellion, that is disobedience to the perfect will of God. So, in that sense, all sin is a direct personal act of rebellion against God and his will for your life you know what it's like to deliberately disobey someone you've all we've all done that And it's something that you do on purpose. Someone has told you specifically what they expect out of you, whether it's a parent telling the child, whether it's a boss telling an employee, whether it's a husband and I, whatever it is. We all know what it's like for someone to ask us to do something, and then we deliberately disobey it, disobey them, and we do it on purpose. Well, Peter makes it clear that because we are saved, because we are a believer, any and all sin is outright rebellion against God willful rebellion against God, deliberate and willful sin against God and his will for your life. And so Peter now makes the bold claim to Christians, saying if you want to be ready to fight the battle that Satan is preparing and Satan is getting ready to unleash on your life as a believer, you need to arm yourself to live in the will of God for the rest of your days on earth. However long that might be, we don't know, but you need to prepare yourself to live your life In the holy and perfect will of God for the rest of your days, no matter how long how long you have left on earth. Now we don't know how many days we have left. However, we should be striving every day, every second, every minute to obey the will of God, not the flesh of men. It is our natural desire. To live and to fulfill the flesh. We're born, Ephesians 2 says, we're born following after the course of the world. We're fought, we're born into the flesh. And it's our sinful nature to give into our flesh. But Peter says, every single day as a Christian, Satan will unleash war on you each and every day with fresh temptations, with fresh desires. And it's up to you in that moment will I give into lust? Will I give into the flesh? Or will I pursue holiness? Romans 12 tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that perfect and acceptable will of God. And so Paul says there that though we are to live in this current world, we are not to be of the world. We have our citizenship in a different world, and that world is heaven. And so that is where we will eventually reside forever. And so Peter says, or Paul says, we should live for that world Every single day. So you have a choice. Will I stand and represent this world or will I stand and represent my heavenly home and the word of God that's in front of me? Will I lie? Will I look at something I know I shouldn't look at? Will I do that thing I know I shouldn't do or will I choose this day? That I'm going to obey the will of God for my life. And as I said in the first point, talking about having the mind of Christ, many aren't facing persecution simply because they aren't living for the will of God. So in order for you to be battle ready, in order for you to have the correct armor, you must live daily in the will of God. So then thirdly we see from this passage that we need to arm ourselves with the transformation of our past. And so that comes from verses uh, 3 through 4. It says, For the time past of your life may suffice for us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, but when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revilings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. And so these few verses describe for us the devastating life of someone who has never placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And at one point in your life, that was you. That was me at one point in my life. And this could very well be someone listening to this podcast today. However, for us to fully prepare for what is to come, we must prepare for battle and arm ourselves and remind ourselves with the transformation of what has happened and what has taken place in our life. And so Peter says in in times past that you are ran with the Gentiles. You ran with those who were unconverted. You ran with those who were not saved. And so these terms in that verse described our lives as unbelievers. We, They were our identity. And so could be true for me and you, but not all of these words will describe who some of us used to be. But however, some will. So to sum up these words, without going into great detail on this episode of each word, Peter says that you used to be a bunch of people who did not believe in Jesus. You were constantly living for everything evil. You were drinking. Uh, some were having sex out of marriage, lusting in your mind over things and over people. And so most of these words have to do with partying and being drunk and sleeping around. And so he says. Then he says, "Abominable, idolatries, speaking of people worshiping sin like it's their God, little G God. And so Peter said, that was your life before you got saved. Before I move on from this point, your life right now might be categorized by some of these words. And so all of your life could be living for the pleasure of sin and what it can bring. But some of you might even drink, might sleep around. Some might uh, have some sin in their life that they think is a God. And if that is to you, I promise you that lifestyle will get old really fast. You'll waste your life away living for things of this world, not the things for eternal value. Only you will ever find true joy in serving Jesus Christ and his will for your life. But then speaking again to the believer, Peter says that you used to be, this used to be you because you were all followers of Satan. And believer, if that is still you, what on earth are you living for? You know sin will never bring true satisfaction and fulfillment. But then he says in verse 4, some think it's strange the way that you live your life. So meaning some think it's strange that you live different from them. Because if you look at people, maybe in school, maybe at your workplace, maybe in your communities, you will see these people who are not living for God and his word, people who are living apart from holiness and how Jesus has called us to live. They're living for self They're living for pleasure. They're living for lust and the sin of this world. And so Peter says, Your friends are those who knew you before you got saved and now who know you after you're saved will think it's very strange that you live a life different from them. And I've heard Christians over and over again tell me stories where after you receive Christ, you do not want to participate in the same things that you used to. Because now you have a new mindset, you have a new desire, and those friends or family members or coworkers might have said things about you behind your back after your conversion, saying things like, why don't they talk like us anymore? Why don't they act like us anymore? Why don't they participate in the same things anymore? Why don't they drink with us at lunch or whatever it might be? And they might mock you for not taking part in that sin. And Peter says they will speak evil of you, but Peter assures us that that is okay. Because look at what Christ suffered for you. The least you can do is suffer a small bit for him here on this earth. And so, Christian, let me speak to you as we close this episode. If your friends or coworkers or family knew you before you got saved and they still know you now, And they did not see a drastic change in you after you received Christ. I'm not questioning your salvation because that's not my job. However, Scripture says that we as Christians will know other Christians by their fruits. So if you did not have a change that was noticeable and Christ, did Christ really take residence in your life? Were your friends shocked, your co-workers shocked, your family shocked at how you acted after you placed your faith in Jesus? Maybe some have backslidden and it's time for repentance for, and for living a lifestyle that is against the will of God to stop. And maybe it's time for you to make things right, right now, right where you are, whether you're in your car, walking down the road, in your house, maybe it's time to make things right today. Because Peter said, they will look at us and they'll think we're strange. Ask yourself. Are there people in my life that look at me and think the way I live for Christ is strange or do I just get grouped right in with the world? Hope this podcast has been a help and an encouragement. And as always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.